leading a startup team, whether you're delivering a sugar rush, stocking coffee, or getting a regular delivery of snacks, Office Depot has solutions that fit every startup culture, from getting those first business cards and stationery to ordering fleece pullovers with your new logo. To learn how Office Depot and the California Technology Council have partnered to bring you savings on all of these startup essentials and more, go to californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Sun-Xiang likes to talk about the triangle offense, the activation of a combination of macrophages, natural killer cells, and memory T-cells to battle cancer. He believes the same approach he's been working to train on cancer can be enlisted in the fight against COVID-19, the virus behind today's global pandemic. We spoke to Sun-Xiang, chairman and CEO of NantQuest, about his approach to immunotherapy, what results he's seen to date, and why he believes what he's learned about harnessing the immune system in the fight against cancer can be applied to treating COVID-19. Patrick, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. I'm happy to be with you. We're going to talk about NatQuest, your activated natural killer cells, and your efforts to combat cancer with what you call a triangle offense. We've heard a lot about harnessing the adaptive immune system to fight cancer, but you're focusing on natural killer cells, part of the innate immune system. Perhaps we can begin with talking about what natural killer cells are. Okay, so, you know, I don't know, maybe 500 million years ago, when there were bacteria on this planet before we were on this planet, and when the, a living cell with the nucleus occurred, the only way for mammalian cells and mammalian systems to survive was for the bacteria to be killed that infected the cells. So quite literally 500 during the Cambrian age, by evolution, the cell in our body called the natural killer cell evolved to protect us against infection and to pr- protect us from any inf- any transformed cell. So the innate system is a cell that circulates in the human body looking and being aware of any danger signals that come out and then kill that cell so that it can't propagate within your body. Part of the regular activity of these natural killer cells is to keep the body clear of cancer. What happens to these cells when cancers develop? What do cancers do to prevent them from doing their job? So very much like the coronavirus today and very much like any uh, other system that wants to use the host. And the cancer, I've said it many times, the cancer is like the virus of our times. The cancer cell actually hijacks the body system, 
And in order for your body to not be attacked by its own cells, there's a mechanism that puts the natural killer cells and the killer T cells to sleep. And the cancer cells, and very much like this coronavirus cells, activate these suppressor cells and find a way to put the natural killer cells to sleep so that the natural killer cell can do its job. You're working with a population of natural killer cells that lack that receptor that cancers exploit to shut off their activity. Where do these cells come from and, and how are they discovered? Yeah, so we were fortunate enough in 1992, and that's why it's called NK92, to discover a patient, and Dr. Hans Klingerman uh, gets the credit for this, uh, discover a patient at the University of British Columbia. Uh, both he and I were at University of British, British Columbia at different times, um, who had a cancer of the natural killer cell. And I think serendipitously, the technician put these cancer cells into the incubator over the weekend, and by Monday they were growing, and realized that here was a cell line of natural killer cells. So he um, froze these cells down, these master cells down, and received permission uh, from the university and the family to work on these cells. And uh, by 1998, uh, we were exploring how to engineer these cells. And by 2005 that, or eight, I forget the era, we were successfully able to develop these cells so that we can put into patients uh, in Germany. So these are unique cells, number one, that be, could be grown in an unlimited supply. Two, has none of these um, inhibitory receptors that the cancer could put it to sleep. And three, very excitingly, we could then modify or genetically engineer them so that they could target the cancers very specifically. Um, and that's what we've done. So we have this cell line that has the capacity to be grown uh, for patients with cancer. And what do you have to do to grow or prepare these cells for use as therapies? So what we did was we uh, engineered these cells so we could optimize its growth rapidly because one of the goals is if this were to work, unfortunately, it would be needed not just for cancer but also for patients with infectious diseases. So the idea being then that we would grow these uh, cancers uh, or these natural killer cells and then optimize its capability to grow and scale it so it can be grown in 500 liter tanks um, and then put into single bags for use. The next thing we need to do was ensure that these cells could be transported easily and made it simple for the um, physician to administer so that we had to develop techniques to freeze the cells or what we call cryopreserve the cells and thaw them in the clinic and ensure that they were stable and still active. That's what we did, and that's what we spent the last two years um, developing, and it's now at the stage where this can be done and shipped anywhere in the world. If you're taking the, the brakes, as it were, off of these cells, what prevents them from attacking healthy cells? Is there any problem with 
off-target effects or the immune system getting too revved up? So when you say taking the brakes, the brakes are off. But what we've done is we've, uh, um, the good news about these cells, they look for cells that are stressed. So the host cell, whether the, the cancer cell or a cell infected with the virus or a bacterium, send out stress signals. And these cells look for cells that are stressed. And they have receptors that actually lock on to these other stress receptors of the host cell and kill them. I think the other exciting thing is that cancer cells express targets uh, on them, um, whether it be Herceptin, uh, HER2 targeted Herceptin targets, whether it be a thing called PDL1, whether it be a thing called neoepitope. And now we can genetically engineer these natural killer cells so that they have the antibodies like the lock and key to those targets and now there's very little off-target effect because it goes specifically to either a stress cell, infected cell or a tumor with a target on its, um, on its surface. So you're referring to the uh, chimeric antigen receptor or TANKs and your high binding affinity receptor cells. Walk me through each of those. What, what is the TANK and what is the HANK? Okay. Well, I think the evolution of cancer therapy has gone from chemotherapy to monoclonal antibody therapy to CAR-T therapy and now to our tank therapy. So when monoclonal antibodies were developed, and people may be familiar with things like Herceptin and Avastin and Rituximab, these are what we call IgG1 monoclonal antibodies. And the way monoclonal antibodies work is they lock on to the target of the affected cell, but in order for the monoclonal antibodies to kill, the monoclonal antibodies itself must lock on to the natural killer cell. And that locking mechanism requires a protein on the natural killer cell called CD16 or a ligand. So this, what I call high affinity natural killer cell or high affinity CD16, unfortunately only 5% of the human population have a high affinity CD16 natural killer cell. So we have built a high affinity CD16 natural killer cell that can be now given to 100% of the population that will be receiving also a monoclonal antibody. So I call that a chimeric antigen receptor in a bottle or a car in a bottle, because when you combine a Herceptin, which is an IgG1 or a, or a Filamab or any of these molecules that are already on the market, monoclonals, with our high affinity NK cell, you'd have maximal killing activity. That's called a HANK. These cells you're developing are off-the-shelf therapies. How might this address some of the existing limitations of autologous cell therapies today? Well, that's what's the problem, right? I think the autologous cell therapy are processes versus a product. And there are many patients um, who are waiting, for example, a CD19 CAR T cell, and the, the tumor progresses to such an extent before the, the cell could be manufactured that the patient can't um, avail themselves of that therapy. But if you had a CD19 NK cell, which we do now have, uh, um, it's been IND approved, 
um, then all of a sudden you would have that cell available immediately on call. One of the um, major advantages of this. I think a big advantage that has not been recognized is that the CAR T cell is permanent. Now, may, somebody may think that's a good thing because it's permanent. It's actually not a good thing because you give a CD19 CAR T cell, you then wipe out the entire population of B cells, which is responsible for your immunity. And then patients who receive the CAR T cell have to receive a supplement called IVIG, which is an infusion for life. Whereas if you had a CD19 NK cell, um, which is temporary, meaning it would last only seven, seven days because we radiate the cell. It could do its job and we can infuse it weekly until all the cells are depleted and you would not have this long-term side effects. So these are the kinds of nuanced differences between a CAR-T cell um, and a uh, off-the-shelf natural killer cell. What do you mean by the term triangle offense, and, and how do these cells fit into that? Well, your body is designed in a very um, exquisite, orchestrated way. So you have basically the three killer cells in your body. One is called the macrophage, and that just chomps away and eats what we call phagocytosis any debris, any dangerous cells, any um, cells that are of danger. Then you have the natural killer cell, which is what we just described. And the macrophage and the natural killer cell participate in what we call the innate system because they are the sentries or guards at the door. But once you have this immune reaction, you could then educate the rest of your cells are willing to be educated, and that's the T cell. And with great specificity, it's called the memory T cell. And it's called the memory T cell, meaning that should such an affront happen uh, later in, in time, that memory T cell is ready as well with the natural killer cell. So the goal is to have all three, which is this triangle offense, activated in a very orchestrated way where you first activate the natural killer cell and the macrophages. And then you ensure that the T cell has been educated so that uh, the memory lasts. Um, and your treatment then has resulted very much like the flu shot or flu vaccine, a memory T cell. By the way, that's the exact goal that we are now trying to pursue on the, the COVID-19. And um, ironically, all the work we've been doing the last um, 15 years towards uh, the fight against cancer is related also to our fight against um, viral infection. And we um, also have another product that activates natural killer cells called uh, IL-15 that we've now shown to uh, significantly diminish HIV. And that's the same molecule that we are exploring in uh, the COVID-19. Well, let's come back to that. Um, what do you know about this approach in cancer from studies that have been done to date? Well, we've uh, been fortunate that the FDA has allowed us to do a combination 
of multiple novel molecules so that we can very carefully orchestrate um, this triangle offense. So the first thing is to expose the tumor that's hiding from the natural killer cell and allow it to um, send out its receptors that says it's a bad cell. And that's what I call the find me signals. Second, then we then um, allow then the natural killer cell to be activated and um, identify these bad cells, and that's the kill me signal. And then finally, uh, we, because we've created knowledge to the T cell, uh, we have a memory T cell, and it's called a remember me. So it's, you know, expose me, find me, kill me, remember me. So it's a orchestration that we've now done for metastatic pancreatic cancer, triple negative breast cancer, lung cancer, head and neck cancer, colon cancer. And what we found in our early studies, and these were phase one studies, that were designed to demonstrate safety of this amazing combination, what we found was excitingly very active responses to the point of even complete responses. And how big a population have you been able to test this in to date? There are different populations. I mean, in these combinations, these multiple combinations where we actually had one molecule and then two and then three and then four and then five and then six, all the way to nine combinations, where you're not in a single three-week protocol. We've done that in about close to 60 patients with different tumor types. And then when we stepped back and we looked at uh, just double combinations, in bladder cancer, we've done that close to 200 patients. In lung cancer, close to maybe 100 patients, uh, etc. So, you know, we're now approaching in the hundreds. But I think the idea now is to, now that we've actually comfortable with the hypothesis that by orchestrating the human body's own uh, immune system, we can avoid high-dose chemotherapy. Uh, and um, safely administer this orchestration, we're then stepping back and saying we will now um, seek to pursue um, what we call registrationable trials in the fields of bladder cancer, um, Merkel cell carcinoma, um, pancreatic cancer, and triple negative breast cancer. And you'll be able to go directly to uh, registration trials in each of those indications? Well, that's the hope, right? So we um, are working with the regulatory authorities. Um, the the bladder cancer is the first combination, not just with the, the, the off-the-shelf natural killer cell, but with the injection of uh, IL-15 that will activate natural killer cells together with BCG. The pancreatic cancer is with the natural killer cell, the pdl one T-HANK. Um, and the Merkel cell is with the Hank and a Philomab. These are various combinations, all uh, activating the natural killer cell. And we're working with the FDA now uh, to explore which will be registrationable and um, and which will require more work. And are you actually moving forward in in human patients with, for a potential COVID nineteen treatment? 
So we're working night and day um, on COVID-19. Um, you know, we put out a, 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 a episode or series that tried to explain uh, to the layperson the scientific uh, basis of this virus. And I, I recommend it to you. You watch it. It's on the LA Times YouTube channel. Um, um, I know the publisher. Understanding the science of COVID. And what we are doing next now is um, establishing uh, what we think is going to be important pathways towards treating COVID-19. And one of the things we discovered is that patients who had severe disease with COVID-19 have uh, absence of the natural killer cell or T cell. So this virus has figured out a way, just like the cancer, to put the natural killer cell to sleep or even kill the natural killer cell um, in the human body. So we're exploring whether, and we're working again with the FDA, that in, in patients that are mild or moderate disease, if they were to be uh, given an injection that activated the natural killer cell, call our IL-15 superagonist as a subcutaneous injection, would that um, prevent them from getting severe disease? We're also working incredibly hard to identify this um, receptor, which we people have now known called the spike receptor on the COVID virus and the ACE2 receptor on the human cell. And uh, we have now sequenced that, and we're putting that into our adenovirus platform, and that could be a potential vaccine um, that will treat, uh, teach the uh, dendritic cell, so now you come back to the memory T cell. And then thirdly, we figured out a way that the um, when you get this inflammation in your lungs and this fibrosis, uh, it's the macrophages uh, that uh, are at fault here mainly in the lungs. And uh, we have a molecule that can change that macrophage so that you don't induce the fibrosis. Um, so these are very exciting it's really, as I said to some of my colleagues, this is an amazing scientific challenge. While it's a nightmare for humanity, it is a, a very exciting scientific challenge because I begin to see how all the scientists are really working together. And that's what's consuming us now a little bit. Um, but uh, ironically, all the work we've been doing in cancer uh, on this triangle offense as direct applicability to the same offense against this COVID-19. And how is the willingness of the FDA to accelerate all this? Well, it's tough. We're working with them. Um, we've submitted our IND. Um, we're submitting two INDs. We're now in the process of drafting the third IND. I think they're a little overwhelmed because I'm sure there's hundreds of INDs submitted to them now. And uh, I, I agree with the FDA that we do need randomized trials, controlled trials, and to really understand what will work and what won't work. So, uh, you know, we, we're doing that. I'm also working with Europe, um, who, and I'm working directly with the doctors in Italy. Uh, we are sadly, there's a huge number of deaths, and they now desperately want to apply what we're doing uh, in Italy. And I just got a call this morning to consider bringing this to China. 
if we could turn back to cancer in, in 2016 you announced cancer breakthroughs 2020 at the jp morgan healthcare conference what was the vision you were suggesting there yeah so the, the vision cancer breakthroughs 2020 was as follows um we set out the following hypothesis number one that it's not that the theory of using high-dose chemotherapy, high-dose radiation was a flawed theory. And in fact, we should prove and disprove that um, we, we can actually change chemotherapy to what are called chemoimmune modulation techniques, low-dose, to activate the immune system rather than kill it. That's number one. Number two, we should also want to prove that by instigating the triangle offense, which we just talked about, that that is a universal treatment for all tumor types because it's got nothing to do with anatomy. And number three, that identifying the very specific um, uh, antigen on tumors that's specific for N equals one called the neuroepitope, that we could actually predict that, develop it, put it into a vaccine, and create the non-cancer vaccine. We then said that if in fact all of these were true, what we needed then was a collaboration, just like we're doing now in COVID, of all the industries developing all their molecules to share across their molecules so that this could be all. Um, we have succeeded in bringing maybe 10 or 15 molecules under one roof and it partnered with companies like Pfizer, Cell, Myers, um, Amgen, and ourselves uh, at NantWorks, NantQuest, Nant Health, Immunity Bio. And so that part has been successful. Uh, the hypothesis generation of using low dose chemotherapy as an immunomodulators, I think, has been proven by the fact that we have complete responses in triple negative breast cancer. I'm happy to report we have a complete response in metastatic pancreatic cancer and head and neck cancer, all of whom patients had failed standard of care, and that we've demonstrated that we can actually predict a new epitope with my partner, uh, Jeffrey Shlom at the National Cancer Institute, and he has demonstrated clinical models. He can cure animals. So I think we've now seen the light at the end of the tunnel, um, 2020. Unfortunately, the COVID is going to slow down a fair amount of clinical trials even. And the fact that we've now received breakthrough status for one of our molecules by the FDA uh, speaks to the fact that I think we're on the right path. Were there any challenges or obstacles that came up along the way that were unexpected? Yeah, I think what was unexpected a little bit was I was hopeful that um, we would get more uh, of the major pharmaceutical industry to participate so that the trials wouldn't have to be uh, burdened by just one or two organizations, that we would be able to open this up to everybody that wanted to participate. And unexpectedly, I think most organizations were focusing on their checkpoints. Um, um, and this is uh, what I've been saying that uh, there's so many checkpoints, but they're all going after the T-cell as opposed to the triangle offense. So I think what was unexpected was the um, uh, reticence 
to get into a triangle and, and the desire just to stay with the T-cell. And has your outlook evolved? Well, I'm, I, I remain as optimistic and I remain as enthusiastic about the triangle offense. Um, my outlook was then I needed to, I thought we would have much more help with regard to uh, collaboration with multinationals. So we did it. So I spent a lot of time building manufacturing facilities because there was no point in um, launching a trial and it was successful and you couldn't have, have what are called GMP scale manufacturing. Just a little bit of a disappointment that we couldn't do this faster. But having said that, uh, um, we only got our first approval in 2017 and now with, you know, I think we're over the course of the last two years, maybe what I call 15 INDs and over 700 uh, communications and interactions with the FDA. Um, it was, uh, I think, very satisfying what we've achieved to this point. I think now we've actually created the platform for us to go to uh, where we're going to go for the next five years and really see approvals. And I think once uh, one of these molecules are approved, it'll open the floodgates to this combination for um, triple, for the triple offense. And how big a disruption to clinical trials are you expecting as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, that's hard to say. I think, I think unfortunately, there is already a disruption in terms that patients really can't access uh, the their um, oncology practices, and there may be disruption even in supply of raw materials as uh, people trying to manufacture the drugs uh, in development. It's hard to say, um, and I can't predict that. I'm hopeful that uh, as we overcome this phase, this peak phase, uh, we'll have some opportunity to really focus on the, on the cancer programs. Patrick Soon-Chiang, Chairman and CEO of NatQuest. Patrick, thanks so much for your time today. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send an email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.